Hello and welcome to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Bonarks, here with my amazing co-host, Carrie Egler. And in this episode, we are gonna be sharing our print on demand predictions for 2024. We are gonna be going in depth into trends that we saw coming out of 2023 and where we believe print on demand is heading in 2024. And I'm just gonna say it, Carrie makes a lot of spicy comments and predictions in this episode. So listen carefully, you'll know what I'm talking about. But first, real quick, before we begin, if you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel where we also publish these episodes. It really helps us reach new listeners. It helps you never miss an episode. And we just want to be here to support you on your journey of growth and transformation. So thank you so much for in advance. We are so happy that you are here. And with that, let's jump in. Hello, it is our actual first recorded episode of the new year. And dude, the energy is wild. 2024 just has so much limitless potential. I'm so excited for the year. Kerry, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Uh, you know, I think we're both, both of us are in go mode right now. We are, you, you uh, said all gas, no breaks for the month of yeah. January. That's you are in like you are in like build mode, hustle mode. It's new year, twenty twenty four. So you know, Adrian, I think we do have a review to read here. But you know what? I don't want to talk about the holidays. I don't want to talk about twenty twenty three. Let's freaking go, dude! Let's get this podcast Let's on the road. Go. Let's get this podcast on the road. We're going all gas, no breaks. So we yes. want our audience to do that as well. Yes. So let's just let's just get it going, man. Why don't you read this review from Peanut Butter Sunday? Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love a good laugh on the oh, name Peanut Butter Sunday with oh, a five-star review. I'm going to let you read it, but man, let's just, let's get it going here. Cool. Let's jump right in. We got work to do, everybody. All no right. time to talk about nonsense. No, yeah, yeah. Straight to business. Let's we can, go. We can, put, we can put all the haters to bed in the reviews that are like, they talk too long at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, haters. Or, or actually, we we heard you, haters. We're we're cutting the, cutting it down here at the beginning. <laughs> Just read the review, Adrian. All right, all right. On to the review. Enough of Carrie's nonsense. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I forgot how to podcast. How do I? How do I podcast? Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's been a while, man. It has been a while. We pre-recorded like four episodes or something. So we took a couple weeks off, and it feels That's like awesome. it. It does feel like it, man. Yeah. Um, but we're here with New Year Energy, and we're here to just inspire and to get everyone fired up for what's hopefully all of our listeners' best year ever. So without further ado, we got this amazing five-star review from Peanut Butter Sunday. Shout out to Peanut what Butter up? Sunday. You're the man or woman. Um, what they say is, <clears throat> here's the review. Honestly, five stars doesn't do justice. Starting doing or started doing research on POD to put my punk band's t-shirts online, and now I am planning a whole new journey. Let's go. I drive a forklift outside for a piping company and listen to jazz all day with Bluetooth earbuds and figured since I listen to music nine hours a day then I might as well learn a new skill instead and came across this podcast. I was surprised to discover how badly I wanted to do this without even realizing. And I'm so happy to say it's December 22nd, listening to this morning's episode and I'm all up to date. 
That's 53 episodes in nine days. Carrie and Adrian, you guys are the goats. And mark my words, I will be joining your six-figure team once I get this new baby of mine started. Cheers to a 2024 never seen before. Whoa. Dude. Let's go, peanut butter Sunday. Hey, Let's I go. think, I I think, I think that's the name of his punk band, Peanut Butter Sunday. <laughs> I found some YouTubes from a band named Peanut Butter Sunday. I'm really hoping that is our friend here. Did you actually? Yeah, I did. I just I googled it because I was like, I, I I think if they may if they're making stuff for their punk band, it's probably called Peanut Butter Sunday. So I'm after this podcast, I'm gonna get down to some Peanut Butter Sunday. <laughs> Shout out Peanut Butter Sunday. Go check them out. I hope that's the, that's the actual band. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm now I'm craving a Peanut Butter Sunday. Well, All right, I, I know I have the taste of peanut butter in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, today's going to be an awesome episode, and this is one that I've just seen so many people doing on YouTube, on podcasts, and y'all know we are going to do it too. We did it last year. We're doing it again. This is print-on-demand predictions for 2024. So we're going to pull out our crystal balls. We're going to kind of dig deep, and we're going to make some predictions for the print-on-demand, for print-on-demand specifically for this year. So we're going to talk about everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. It's all here. And we've got a number of tips. So why don't we just jump in, starting with number one. Carrie, are you okay if I take this one? Yeah, man. I was actually looking at our, I, secretly, I was looking at our print-on-demand predictions, predictions for 2023 to see how <laughs> stupid we were a year ago. <laughs> well, dude, if this yeah. episode doesn't go 10 hours long, maybe right. we could pull those up and just laugh. No, I was like, I was like, we we should go through those and see how, how good we were at predicting. But I'm like, let's not do that because... Let's let's make sure we predicted a lot of things right first, and yes. then we'll we'll decide if we didn't, we'll just scrap that all together. Um, no, I'm I'm sure there was like you know no one ever gets 100 percent generally, so I'm, I'm yeah. sure we were way off on some things, and I'm sure we were spot on on others. Who knows? Who knows? But it's a new year. It's you know we've got like we've got the whole year ahead of us right now, and that's what really excites me. Like there is just unlimited potential. And I want everybody listening to this podcast to harness your new year energy and commit to yourself to taking massive action. And what I recommend doing is just start out of the gate, like set the tone this month for the rest of the year, take massive action in January and ride that momentum throughout the year. Um, so let's, let's jump into tip number or prediction number one. It's funny because we did that not predictions episode a couple episodes ago, and now we're doing the actual predictions episode. So prediction these number way, one, just to be clear, these are real predictions. These are real predictions. These are real <laughs> predictions. I'm I'm on, uh, something's happening today. I'm on like a, I just laughing today. Yeah, dude, to we got the zoomies, man. The new year's zoomies. All right. Come on. Come on with the predictions. Let's, Adrian. let's go. Let's go. All right. Prediction number one, print on demand will continue to grow. And Shocker from the print on demand podcast. Yeah, obviously, kidding. right? People are like, obviously you're going to say that, but no, 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 no. Hold okay, on. For real, for real. I want to take a look at the data because I like making database decisions. One yes. of my mentors said recently, and this really stuck with me. They said, intuition is great, but data always wins. 
And I was like, mm, that one like hit me hard. And I, I remembered that quote and I, I keep thinking about it. It's such a powerful quote. Um, and so I want to share some data, like don't take our word for it. Let's look at the data. According to report, the global print on demand industry was valued at $6.3 billion in 2022, and it's projected to reach $45.6 billion by 2031 with a compound annual growth rate of over 25% between 2023 and 2031. That's Dude, that's wild. Six billion to forty-five billion in like nine years is pretty. That's pretty crazy. So they're predicting that this is really just the tip of the iceberg, and I really do believe that for a number of reasons. We've got the continued rise of the creator economy. We've got the ease of starting a print-on-demand business. Like, dude, it keeps getting easier. You don't even need a website anymore. You could start a print-on-demand business on a shop, like on Facebook and Instagram shops or TikTok shops. Um, You can do, like there are so many different ways to use and leverage print-on-demand. There's the ever-growing product selection. Dude, it just keeps getting crazier. Like Printify now has over 900 products in their catalog. And then you've got all these other companies who have products that even Printify doesn't have. So it's wild, man. It seems like the catalogs just keep growing. Uh, there's changing consumer preferences. Like I really do think that people are being very influenced by creators and influencers and what they see on social media. And it just seems to me like, I know that I, I feel like this is kind of the case for me. They're kind of moving away from just like brands that don't really have an identity and they're, they're being drawn into brands that they feel like really get them. Like these are the people they're following on social media. They're, those brands, a lot of them are putting out really valuable content. Like they're not just posting their products. They're putting out a lot of value. They're offering entertainment, education, inspiration, something like that. And I think that people love supporting people like that, like brands like that. Um, as well as like the speed and quality improvements in the POD industry. Like the the production times seem to keep getting faster. The quality seems to be improving. I'm sure some people like it's not perfect. It's never been perfect. It never will be perfect. Uh, But I do think it's improving. Like it's continued to improve. Like it was much worse when I first got into it. It's much better now. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take that as a win. Because, you know, in pr- progress is, is the, what we want to see. We just want to see it continue to progress. And really, overall, I think POD is going to have a really good year because of all of, for all these reasons and more. I also want to mention, I really think that international sales are going to grow on print on demand, uh, are going to grow from print on demand. And that's because a lot of print on demand companies are making it easier to make international sales. Printify, Printful, Gelato, these guys are really good now at especially Gelato. I'm going to give a shout out to Gelato here. Uh, I would say that they're probably the best right now for international. And that's because around 90% of all their sales are fulfilled in the country that it's ordered from. And you know, Printful and Printify do have a lot of fulfillment uh, production facilities 
Uh, I would say print, Printify probably has quite a few more than Printful, but if you can have the products produced within the country, then you avoid so many hassles. You avoid international shipping costs, long shipping times, potential taxes, uh, levies, duties that are applied when a product from overseas outside of the country comes into the country. And that leads to really bad customer experience. So these companies are making it easier and it keeps getting easier. And that's why I think that there's going to be for, for many years, there was a big focus on the U.S. And I still think that the main focus is going to be on the U.S. But I do really think that there's going to be a lot more international stuff happening. And I think we're going to see a lot more print-on-demand companies kind of like, like jump into the unknown and start promoting internationally, maybe even running ads internationally, uh, because it's never been a better time. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm saying it's never been better than it is now to make international sales. Carrie, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it, it, just to echo what you said, all like anybody listening to this, here's what the data the data tells us. And there's so many different data points you can look at. You know, I've looked at a bunch of different data points this year. One, one you you mentioned there was that you know all the experts. You look at the growth of print on demand year by year. It grows every year. The amount of sales that are coming from print on demand, it's predicted to grow to crazy heights. Uh, I did a video earlier this year where I looked at the amount, I went on the Wayback Machine and I looked at the amount of print on demands that were in the Shopify app store when I started in 2017 versus now. And it was something like, I don't know, six of them. And then now it's like 400 plus <laughs> in the Shopify app store. You know, like every year there's more, pr more print on demand companies. Um, and then, uh, you know, another data point I spoke about on a, on a podcast a couple weeks ago, like when you look at content creators, educators like me and you, um, I know speaking for myself, like we had, we had the biggest year we'd ever had the most amount of students that we've ever brought into shirt school in our programs this year. And what that tells us is that more and more people are wanting to learn about print on demand and that creates more successful print on demand sellers, more mm -hmm. people selling with print on demand. And so that creates more sales volume and helps print on demand grow. And so it's cool because like, we're a little bit part of that growth of like when you, come into one of our programs and you want to learn and all that kind of stuff. Like you, you expand print on demand and help that grow. So, um, there's all the data points show us that every year print on demand is just getting more accessible. It's international selling, as you mentioned, it's getting so much easier. And that's been the roadblock with international selling is it's not, it just hasn't been easy to sell internationally with currency conversion and customs charges, shipping time, shipping cost. Well, now you not only have companies that are shipping internationally, but with companies like Gelato, like you mentioned, they're making it easy because they're doing all the work. Like you don't have to do anything. They automate it all, right? Mm -hmm. They can see where the customer is ordering from and they simply just route that order to the closest print facility. And because they've got print partners in 39 countries or whatever, like, you know, they, they're, they're close to everybody. Um, yeah. So it really just makes international selling yeah. easy. And that's a big growth that's a big growth lever you can pull when you're only selling in the U S but then also because, but then immediately because of a print on demand that makes this easy, you know, you can go from th reaching 335 million people in the U S to reaching billions of people worldwide because you instantly have that access and it's extremely easy to do. So yes, I do think print on demand will continue to grow, but I do have a spicy prediction for you to to counter this a little bit Drop not even really counter us. it but what's that 
Drop it on us. Let's right. go. I, I'm going to be bringing a few just little more spicy predictions. My prediction is 2024, we will see consolidation in the print-on-demand market, meaning some print-on-demands will be shutting their doors. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, not I don't mean that print-on-demand will get smaller. What I mean is that I think you would agree in 2023 – Man, did we see a move of, of sellers to the top print-on-demand providers. Yeah. The top print-on-demand providers in our space are getting so good. The quality, the software, the shipping time, the cost, the, the, the things the that used to, yeah, the catalog of products, the things that used to like differentiate some of the smaller print-on-demands, they just don't anymore. And and so many people are moving to these the larger print on demands. And I, personally, I'm not talking about just printful, printify, gelato, you know, the really, really big ones. I'm talking about like maybe the top 25, 10, 20, 25 print on demands. Like there's such a move towards those top print on demand providers that you're going to, I think you're going to start to see some of the smaller print on demands just, you know, have to shut their doors because people are moving to such a better experience. And one more side note to that is that I think software, the, the print-on-demand software is is becoming so important because of some of the other predictions we have on here like AI and different things. The software is getting so important that the smaller print-on-demand providers just don't have access to the developers to create software that can compete with the bigger print-on-demand providers and the user experience suffers. And so that's yeah. why I think we will see consolidation in the print-on-demand market uh, in 2024 and beyond. I 100% agree. I, I I don't really think that's that spicy, man. I think we're like we're already seeing a lot of it. Um and they just it's it would be hard, man, being a small print-on-demand company. How can you compete and differentiate with yeah. these massive companies with big support teams, huge production, like a huge network of production facilities. They built all these relationships. They have huge catalogs. They have competitive prices. I, like you said, narrowed down to 25 men. I think that it's really, there's going to be the three winners, which like I already consider these, these are like the three, the big three. And that is Printify, Printful, and Gelato. I think that those are going to, those are going to, those three companies are going to get a massive amount of sellers. And they're going to continue to get. And, and when I think of consolidation, I think of a lot of people really only considering those three. And I'm not saying that there won't be other print-on-demand companies, but when it comes to consideration, man, we know firsthand. I know from talking to T-Shirt Legends Academy students and from talking to six-figure founder students, those are the only three that they're really considering um, that's been my experience. So I a hundred percent agree with this. Yeah. All right. Let's hit it with number two. Number two. Let's go. There, there will be a rise in non apparel print on demand shops and apparel shops will start experimenting with more non apparel items. Yeah. That's a so, little spicy. It's a little spicy. It, it's, okay. It, it's a little bit spicy, but hear me out. All right. Hear me out. First off, let me just make it very clear. T-shirts and apparel are going to freaking dominate in 2024 <laughs> like they always have. They will continue to dominate. However, 
I do think that more print on demand sellers are either a going to open up brand, uh, start brands that are built around a certain product type that's not t-shirts and apparel and, or the second thing is a lot of apparel brands are going to experiment with non-traditional apparel products. So for example, we're already seeing this with some of our students. So most of them are in t-shirts and apparel. And like I said, it still will dominate. Uh, however, we do see them experimenting with other product types. Uh, we, uh, we see them going into things like canvas wall art, which I think is going to continue to grow. Uh, I think that that's actually a market that there's still a ton of demand for mm-hmm. and, a, and a ton of undemet, unmet demand for. Yeah. But other products like metal wall art, like we do have a student whose business is all around metal wall art. Yeah. Um, and other other products like that, jewelry, things like that, just because the catalogs are getting so big now. Uh, maybe one is going to come in with something like, I'm trying to think of something else, like really the ones that came to mind were canvas wall art, jewelry, um, and metal wall art. But um, let's see, what else? Like, Well, I think also, I think in addition to that, uh, what we've already seen, which we could have definitely put on this predictions list, but is, you know, like branding and stuff like that. Um, branding has become so much more popular I think the consumer is is somewhat shifting away from the like most consumers don't want the just like wash it a couple times and throw it away, you know, apparel. They want the higher end branded, like good fitting, non shrinking, softer type stuff. And so I think things they want a more premium experience. And I think things like the like embroidery uh, are going to be popular. And, uh, and like branding and different things like that, which kind of falls into this category is I think what we're saying is that, you know, there's going to be a lot of, um, print on demand sellers that maybe move away from just the regular front print t-shirt, you know? Mm -hmm. So I I would, I would add that on there, right? Like, uh, like embroidery branded experiences, like just a little bit higher end of a, of a product experience. Yeah, a couple other things that 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 came to mind. Blankets. I don't know if people know this, but blankets blew up in 2023, man. Like yeah. the sale of print on demand blankets blew up. Yeah. It was big, and so that's another very different type of product, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then things like tumblers, like tumblers are are like making a huge comeback, man. What's that company? Recently, there's like this company that's going viral for tumblers. Um, I, I keep seeing them all over YouTube and, um, I, the name I forget off the top of my head, you could probably just put viral Tumblr. I'm just going to type viral Tumblr and see who they are. See if I can, I can pull them up. The Stanley cup. That's oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I got this, one right here. <laughs> this, yeah, the dude, the Stanley cup, go on, go on YouTube and watch some videos of people like fighting for Stanley cups at target. It's ridiculous, yep. but it's. It's kind of a unique product, I guess. No, but it's not. <laughs> people, I mean, they, okay, so this is their differentiator, really. I, I don't know all the details, but I, I watched a YouTube video because I was like, what is making this go so viral? And how can we take clues to share with our listeners? So 
People are saying it's different in a couple of ways. Number one, marketing, man, just marketing. That is, they are- oh, For sure. They Well, they, they built it all off influencers. Yes, and, yes. They've got, um, they've got like mommy groups, they've got content creators, they've got everybody promoting them. But the, the, the big thing about them, the way that they're kind of marketing it is like, oh, it's a Tumblr with a handle. Because that's what a lot of people wanted that so many tumblers don't have is a handle. It has yeah. a sippy straw so you don't take a drink and it like splashes in your face. Mm -hmm. And it comes in cool, trendy, neutral the colors. colors. The colors like the are soft pink, the, the soft color palette. Yeah. So it's like very like um, like very trendy color palette. So it, it you know, I guess that you feel cool when you're when you're drinking out of it. But they're doing something right, man. And we can definitely, uh, everyone can take some pages out of their playbook. So yep. I that's why I really do think that a, a lot of people are going to experiment with other product types. And some might even just go all in on that product For type. Sure. Well, the sure. last thing I want to mention real quick was when I was at the Gelato Accelerator Summit, um, I was presenting last summer and I met a lot of their top sellers and they were really in two categories, apparel and canvas wall art. And I would actually say that there were more canvas wall art sellers there than there were apparel sellers. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, a lot of these people are from Europe. They were from all around the world, but a lot of them were European. And um, it just seemed like, you know, they, they, they knew something that I didn't know. I was like, wow, like a lot of people are having a lot of success with canvas wall art. Yeah. Um, which was pretty cool. But I wanted to mention that because that actually surprised me. I thought it was going to be all apparel sellers there. And there were a lot of apparel sellers, but I was surprised by the number of canvas wall art sellers. And that to me was an indicator that there's a lot of demand for it. Yeah. And I think a lot of print on demand sellers are going to experiment with things like that. And why not? Like if you're really niche down and you've created this passionate following of raving fans and brand loyalists, Give them more. Like if they love your funny nursing shirts, maybe they'll love a funny slogan on about nursing on canvas wall art or something. You know, you, you never know. But I think that there's a huge opportunity with other product types. Definitely. Cool. I agree. Uh, you want to take number three? I'll take number three. Number three prediction. The use of AI tools by print-on-demand sellers will continue to grow as user adoption grows. So this one is, is I think, I think this is probably the, the, one of the ones that people would be like, yeah, you know, duh, AI, it's the buzzword. It's the, you know, everybody's talking about AI and it's really, it's, I was looking back the other day. I was like, man, I, like I've been, I've been talking about AI for like over a year, like it, and it, and some people even longer, like it's been, AI's kind of been the buzzword for really like one to two years now. Um, so it is still growing like crazy. I mean, we're really only at the, really only at the base of like, we, we ha it has not peaked. Like AI is, it's going to do so much more. It's pretty mind blowing. Um, but what we're starting to see now is we're starting to see, uh, print on demand companies put AI into their, into their software. This is one of the things I was mentioning earlier. And why I think we might see some consolidation in the print-on-demand market is because the big print-on-demand providers are are starting to add AI into their software. And I know some of the bigger ones have, if they haven't already, they have plans to start to integrate AI tools and software into their their primary software. So, um, you know, not only that, you can use AI for content creation, blogging, writing copy. 
graphic design, I mean, customer support, like it's, it's pretty wild. So there's a ton of stuff you can do with AI. We're going to see this go to new levels in 2024 for sure. Mm -hmm. AI is going to start doing things that, you know, you would never imagine that it could do. And you're going to be able to use it in ways that you, that you, you didn't, you didn't imagine yourself using it before. I think that's going to be happening this year for sure with how fast it's, it's doubling mm -hmm. uh, or it's growing. But I do have a counter spicy, spicy prediction for you. Are you ready for this? Hey, bringing, all, bringing all the spice this episode. I'm all trying right. to bring in the spice. I'm trying to bring the spice. Let's hear I'm it. I'm going to hit you with a counter prediction though, because I, I, although I do, I'm the, like, I'm an AI guy, man. I, I, I'm, I'm not AI on this podcast. I am real. Uh, this is real carry, <laughs> but I believe in AI. Like I love it, but I think this year is the year we are going to start to see a movement towards the human touch. And I, all, I believe that the AI hype will die a little bit. And the reason I believe that is, is because there will, there, actually, I think we're already starting to see a little bit of AI fatigue. So for a while there, anytime AI was mentioned, it was like everybody just glued to the screen. If you saw a video, videos were blowing up millions of views, podcasts, Joe Rogan's doing the AI, Steve Jobs podcast. I mean, it was like, for a little while there, it was like, Everything was just huge. Well, now we're starting to see just a little bit of, I think what's, I think I would call it AI fatigue. And I do think as more and more AI comes out, more and more AI gets integrated into things and we use it in different ways, there is going to be a, lo a longing or a movement for the human touch because we're going to discover, no matter how I think, prediction, no matter how fast AI grows, we're going to be able to, we're going to discover over time the things that AI cannot replace. And we're going to discover the things that we're probably going to miss, you know, of, of that human touch, right? If you replace all your employees with AI, there's no relationship. There's mm -hmm. no camaraderie. There's no, you know, you don't have jokes you make around the office, all that kind of stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's my kind of little bit of a counter prediction to this is I think there's, I think there's going to be that movement towards like the human touch of things. And yeah, I mean, one other thing I, would, I could add to that is that I don't know if you've heard about this, but uh, YouTube has come out and they have they have um, they have uh, said that they are putting in place a uh, a um, there's going to be a disclaimer on any YouTube video that is that is AI generated. Interesting. So you will you will know, you will know if you're watching a video that was made by AI, you will know that it is an AI video. A reason I say that is because. Although I think it will be useful for like, if you're just trying to like, for instance, if I'm going to YouTube and I'm just trying to get the information, I don't really care if it's AI or human, right? I just want to know the answer to my question. Mm -hmm. But that's not, although I do use YouTube for that, like I, I go to YouTube and like, how do I fix my drain, right? Or like, how do I repair my car or whatever? I use it for that. But what I use it more for is I use it because I connect with the content creators on that platform. I'm watching it for entertainment purposes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm watching podcasts or, you know, channels that I just, I enjoy the, that, the take that people have. So if I go to one of those content creators that I watch and it says, this is generated by AI, I'm out. I don't want to watch that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because I'm not there to get information. I'm there to kind of connect with the, with this human. So yeah. anyways, I think we'll see that. I think that 
you know, with, with disclaimers and maybe there could be laws coming in 2024 around the use of AI, a lot of, lot of laws being passed. Um, you know, it's being, it's, or it's, I should say regulation would be the proper term. There will be regulation. Uh, I think that we'll see people on, in a lot of areas where they'll just say, I don't want AI. I want, I want the real human. Yeah. So, but I think it's going to grow as a tool for sure. It's definitely yeah. going to be more widely used. I think you're right though, man. Like you make a really good point. Like AI, I, I personally believe that AI will never replace human connection. Yeah. And as humans, we are wired for connection. We are wired for human connection. That'll never change. It's innate in us as a human species. Um, and that gives me a lot of optimism. You know, that gives me a lot of optimism. Like I don't, there, there's so much debate about AI. Is it good? Is it bad? How many jobs is it going to destroy? I mean, you could counter argue that how many jobs is it creating? There's, there's yeah. a lot of, how many people is it helping? How many small business owners is it helping them run their business more efficiently and maybe at one day be the difference between them be able to survive full time as a small business owner and and not right. Like For there's, sure. there's going to be pros and cons always of everything. There's like the good and the bad, but like I choose to focus on the good. I choose to sure. focus on how can this make me a better small business owner? How can this make our students better business owners? Like how can it help people work more efficiently? And I'm all for that, man. I love to see people win. That's like, that lights me up. And I just, yeah, I am. I, I think it's going to help a lot of people. I really do. It's going to help a lot of our listeners. It's going to help a lot of our students. And I will always like support that. I will for always sure. back anything that's going to help our listeners and our students. So um, yeah, good, good. Uh, I, I, I like that, man. I like, I like your thoughts on that. I really do agree. Um, I was actually, just to wrap that up, just yeah. I was thinking about, I want to give credit where credit is due. I was actually reading that in Pat Flynn's uh, newsletter this morning. Something, mm. something similar along those lines. I, I'm trying to pull it up, but uh, he sent a newsletter this morning, Pat Flynn. Um, yeah, it says, this will trend in 2024 and it's a good thing. And basically just wrote kind of a blog about that, about how we're going to see a movement towards you know people just wanting that human touch. And that's actually just kind of what sparked it with me to talk about it. So I didn't want to give credit there. Pat Flynn, he's the man. I love, love Pat Flynn. Nice. Awesome. Cool. All right. Let's jump on to number four. Here we go. Prediction number four, the continued rise of social commerce. And by social commerce, I'm specifically referring to programs like Facebook shops, Instagram shop, and TikTok shop. Well, Facebook and Instagram shop is kind of the same thing, but Facebook, Instagram, TikTok shop, that is social commerce. Social commerce, for anyone who doesn't understand really what that means, it just gives people the ability to shop and complete their entire purchase all without ever leaving that social media app. So we saw Facebook, Instagram shop launch a couple of years ago. TikTok was rolled out to the US in 2023. And already, man, there's like, it's really, I don't know if disruptive is the right word. It's really changing the game. It's really changing the game. So let's, let's drop some more data on us because we love stats and, and fun facts and data. So uh, I was reading a report earlier today that said social commerce sales were estimated to be almost $1.3 trillion, Good. trillion with a T 
in 2023, and that's estimated to grow to nearly 1.7 trillion this year in 2024 and jump to 2.9 trillion by 2026. Estimates show that the global value of social commerce is going to reach $2.9 trillion in the next two years or so. So, I mean, dude, this is kind of just, it makes a lot of sense. Like how much time do we spend on our phones? How many, like every year, it seems like the numbers get skewed between purchases on a mobile phone and purchases on a desktop. It just keeps seeming like mobile purchases pushing up and desktop uh, purchases are trending down. And where are I don't want I don't I want to say most people, but where are a ton of people spending a lot of their time on their phones? Social media. They're spending their time on Instagram. They're spending their time on TikTok, Facebook, wherever. A lot of them are on there. And so if we as business owners can get incredible products that evoke emotion and relatability and really connect with our ideal target audience, ideal customer. I think there's a good chance that those people are going to convert into customers. And I do believe that some trust needs to be built. So I'm a, you know, I I have this ABC framework of growth on social media, attract, build, convert. That's how it's going to be. It's our job to go out there and attract our ideal customer. Then we need to build our audience and build trust with them over time. And then when we get good products in front of them that evoke enough emotion relatability, like a winning design, a winning product, they will buy, they will buy. And so I just think this is going to continue. I mean, I, I'm not even like, it's like, it's not been my original thought. I just like look at the data Mm -hmm. and it tells me that this is going to continue to grow. Uh, It's already really freaking big. And I do think that it's only going to get bigger. There are a ton of benefits of social commerce. So, I mean, you've got reaching a larger audience. Think about it. If you had a video go viral on Instagram or TikTok and it was featuring one of your products and it's being shown to the right audience, like your ideal audience, your ideal customer, there's a good chance that that could result in some sales to you. It's also just very convenient. Like people go on social media to be entertained. Usually they're looking for entertainment, education, or inspiration. Let's give them that. Let's give them that. But let's also bake our products in there and show them products that they'll love because they're our ideal niche. Like they're our ideal customer. They are in our niche. So if you can really sync up those two, show awesome products to the right people who are passionate about your niche, you can have a lot of success. I mean, there are other things just like the data gathering alone. We all know, well, maybe we don't all know, but iOS 14 came out a few years ago and was very disruptive to ads manager, ads tracking um, and collecting data that we could use to better optimize our ads, or I should say Meta could use to better optimize our ads. But when people make a purchase in app, all within their platform, like on Facebook and Instagram shops, they have all the customer data. There's no ambiguity. Whereas if we run ads and we send people to our website, Meta, TikTok, they lose a lot of visibility because of the rules put in place by Apple with the iOS 14 update. So it actually 
gives us better data. It gives the platforms better data so they can better optimize our products and our ads and get them in front of the right people. A couple other benefits that I just want to like say really quick, because I am very bullish on social commerce. I think this is the future. Uh, but the, just like the, the social proof, like people can go on, they can see your account, they can see your following, they can see that you're on there regularly, they can see that you're active, they can see that you're posting to your stories, they can see that you're posting fun, value-adding content, they can see that you speak to them and you get them because your whole brand is based around their some of their most passionate interests. Uh, it's good for uh, customer support. I remember like over the last couple of years, a lot of brands were putting on Instagram, like in their bio, they were putting no DMs or like, like no support DMs. I'm like, guys, get with the times you need, you should be helping people out on DMs, meet the customer where they are. If they are, if they just were introduced to your brand on Instagram and they're going through and they have a question about sizing, think of how much more convenient it is for them to just drop you a DM and be like, hey, does your medium fit true to size? Instead of having to go to your website, find an email, like pull up their email, type in the name, type in the email, you know, like it's even easier for us if we're checking our DMs regularly and responding which we should be active on social media, you know, as brands. So just leaning into social proof, uh, customer support. And then also, I think this is something that is very overlooked, just purchasing from a trusted platform. People are going to be more comfortable. I think a lot of people are going to be more comfortable purchasing something on Instagram than they are from a website that they've never heard of. And they just like saw that it existed. So they're, they're not going to, you know, building trust is such a foundational part of conversions of like making sales. Like people need to trust you for you to make sales. And if you are on a trusted platform, you know, as much as people like to throw shade on some of these social media platforms, a lot of people are still on them, man. A lot of people are still on them and they're spending a lot of time on them mm -hmm. even though they know that these platforms are have information on them and are kind of tracking like what they're looking at and stuff right uh so <laughs> the the list goes on any thoughts on that okay i got some spicy stuff for you bring it i got some spicy stuff all right the first thing <laughs> i got it's going to come in the form of a couple questions so i'm actually i actually i need you to just give me your answers on these questions let's go first of all I was shocked by this. Shocked. I just looked it up. What percentage of Americans, American, let's say actually American adults, what percentage of American adults are using social media actively? I have no clue, but I'm sure it's high. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I, I keep saying this wrong. What percentage of the entire American population? It is... 90 percent dude this says this is as of 2023 data mm. this says um 300 and so in 2023 302 million social media users in the u.s 90 percent of the total u.s population and it's 74.2 percent of adults so obviously there's some you know there's some teenagers and different things um right. one other way to look at that the world world population 7.8 billion the, the amount of people using social media worldwide in 2023, 
4.95 billion people. So anyways, it's just wild. Like I, I was literally thinking, I was like, I'm going to look this up. I think it's got to be like 55, 60%. I was thinking like, there's a lot of old people. <laughs> there's a lot of kids. No, 90%, 90% of the U S population. My mind is blown. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, one of the, I want to ask you this spicy question and, uh, I know I'm putting the pressure on you. Bring it. Cause I don't know how I feel. I don't know. I don't want to say it as a spicy prediction because I don't really know how I, I don't really know what I think about it. Do you think that social media shops are going to start to take market share away from Shopify and other website, uh, platforms? <sighs> spicy questions. Dude, you are putting me on the spot, man. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Just do your best. I, like, okay. So obviously I, I don't know. I, uh, I, this is only my guess, but I would say yes. I, I think I, I, think, think, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. I do think it's going to happen. I'm not saying like Shopify is going to replace by Instagram shops next year. No, like no. websites will always have a, a place. Like there, you know, it's, it's important. Um, there's a lot of things, especially right now, there's a, like websites have way more capabilities. Like a Shopify website has way more capabilities than these marketplaces, these shops. Uh, so yes, I do think because I think that the shops are motivated to take market share away from websites. Mm -hmm. If they can figure out a way to monetize this and like, let's say they're, you know, they're making transaction fees, then yeah, there's incentive for them to get people to just put their entire catalog of products on there and then people just to make purchases from there. And I, I think we are going to see that a lot. And I think they're going to make it really, they're going to continue to make it very easy to have shops without a website. They're going to say, let's cut out the middleman you build your brand on our social media platform and we will give you the tools to convert your followers into paying customers. I absolutely believe that that's going to happen and it already is kind of happening. Yeah, so, this is what I was going to say. I'll try to keep it brief, but we're already seeing some small sellers that are just opening shops and just selling from there, especially if it's like handmade products and different things like that. Mm -hmm. What we're also starting to see is we're also starting to see print on demand companies that are directly integrating with shops because for the mm -hmm. most part right now you need, you need a, some kind of inventory management, like a, like a Shopify to be able to then integrate that into shops, but in any kind of shops. But, uh, I, I think I tend to agree with you on the counter argument to that. Um, first of all, many, millions of brands are still going to want to be in full control of the way that they are portrayed and the, the brand, like the, the brand, they want to control the brand experience. So mm -hmm. millions of brands, high percentage of brands are always going to want to have a, a website in addition to their shop. And then in addition to that, I know a little bit counter to what you said. I, I don't, I don't disagree with you on what you said about, people, you know, trusting the platforms a little bit more, but I will say that a lot of people, I know I do this. If, if I'm looking at a brand and they have a shop, I, a lot of times will go to their website because I want to see how legitimate they are, you know, before purchasing, because, you know, for the most part on shops, you don't have like 
the return policies and the terms and conditions. Like it may, it, some of that stuff may be there in some way, but you actually need to go to the website to like see the whole picture. You know what I mean? See kind of yeah. everything and see maybe a little more history about the brand because all you can put in your social media profile is like established in 2009 or something, you know, like you're not going to have enough space to really like tell a little bit more about the brand or whatever. So a lot of people, I think, you know, I think as a brand, you still want to have a website because you're going to have buyers that want to see your, you know, it's like, you know, it's like if you were standing outside of a store and you bought the product without going into the store, it's like, you want to still have the store because you want people to go in and see it and blah, blah, blah in kind of a similar way, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, it's kind of um, like a website. It's kind of like a brochure, you know, if people yeah, go on yeah. there they can learn what you're all about and they can, and, and like, I do think that you can go on a website and really quickly make a judgment of like, this brand looks legit or this brand looks like a scam. Yeah. Um, exactly. So I think, I think you're right, man. I think you're right. Like websites are way more feature rich than, uh, shops. And I think that that's going to be, it's going to be that way for a long time. However, this is actually a good opportunity for small businesses being on shops. For Why? Sure. Because it's harder for brands to differentiate just on shops alone. Like there could be a big company on, True. let's say Instagram shop. And then there's a small brand on Instagram shop but the small brands doing an amazing job of marketing and branding with the minimal options that they have. And they can appear bigger than a much bigger store just because they, they're like, they know what they're doing and they're doubling so down true. on kind of what's working. Right. And so it, it almost puts brands on a more even playing field. Yeah. There's so many pros and cons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I All think, right, let's keep on both. Let's keep I think, yeah. We could go, right. we could do a whole episode. Yeah, we, we could, dude. Totally. Okay. 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 We're going to shift gears though. All right. We're going to shift gears. We are on, we are on prediction number five and this is more like a trend prediction. So let's talk about some design trends because we are big on sharing these kind of things to set up sellers for success. Like you should be creating for demand. That is very important. Create for demand. Find what people want and then create products and designs for that need, for that, for that demand. Uh, so a couple of design trends that uh, I think are going to be continue to be really big. I, I don't want to sound like some freaking like, you know, like I, 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 this isn't mind shattering. These are already trendy and I just think they're going to continue to trend. So I just don't want to take like credit for like coming up with these. Uh, but design trends that are going to continue that we saw kind of go, were really big in 2023 and that are going to be really big in 2024 are the 70s, 80s, 90s design styles. I think those are going to continue to be huge. That hippie, groovy, retro, those big bubbly fonts, um, that nostalgia, the kind of like stranger things style. You know what I mean? Like the kind of hats and the kind of shirts, the kind of shoes that they wear in that show. Like, I think that was really big in 2023. And I think that that's going to continue to be really big in 2024. Uh, like that 80s stuff, like, you know, like the, the kind of saved by the bell look and uh, the old video game look, those I think that those are going to continue to be really big. They're making a big comeback. And then I don't know if people have heard this term before, forest core. 
Have you heard of Florist Core, Kerry? I'm reading the notes and I know I understand <laughs> what it is, but I know I had not heard that term before today. So Forest Core is kind of like nature-inspired styles and, and, and designs. So that is botanical prints. That is like, have you noticed that there's a lot of uh, graphic tees with like mushrooms on them now? That would be considered cottage core. That's really trendy right now. Trees, uh, animals, all these things and like colors like the 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 neutral brown, that really light brown color, super popular right now for shirts. Um, I would say it's like one of the most popular like trendy colors. And then like forest greens, just forest core, man. It's forest core, you know. <laughs> yeah, I Googled it. I Googled it and that, that actually something similar came up. Like I just talked about yeah. kind of the outdoor type colored schemes. That kind of thing. But I also found a uh, article from Canva, design trends you need to know about for 2024. And so they, what they predict in here, pixelation, that's kind of a cool one. Oh, yeah. Uh, just like I would say that falls stuff. into that like 80s retro kind of nostalgia, like early arcade game kind of look. They've got flow and form, organic meets geometric. So it says intriguing combination of geometric and organic shapes, uh, mm -hmm. which is cool. They've got motion collage. What, uh, what is this? Takes cues from design, cu design culture, handmade scrapbooks, photo montages. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then they've got surrealism. And they've got uh, bold rebrand. Bold branding is back in 2024. Vivid fluorescent color schemes and rounded mm -hmm. sans serif fonts that channel positivity, fun, and optimism. Some good yeah, stuff in there. Totally. Totally. I think these are going to continue to be big. And if you, if, if our listeners, you know, if, if you are doing kind of graphic rich designs, you should be like leveraging these trends. And the other thing I just want to make really clear is like, you can do this cross niche. You don't have to be in the hiking niche to do forest core designs. Yeah. They are popular across niche. If I was in the nursing niche, I would be doing Force core designs. If I was in the teaching niche, I'd be doing some force core designs. Like it's not design exclusive or it's not niche exclusive. You should find ways to incorporate on trend design styles, on trend design fonts, design graphics into what you're creating. And we're seeing a lot of uh, big e commerce brands doing this. I, I'm seeing a lot of big e commerce brands doing this. They're jumping on these trends too. Um, Cool. Should we jump on to number any any more thoughts on design trends for 2024? All right. Nope. Let's jump on to number six. Prediction number six: the rise of the CEO content creator. So I am a big believer for social media that the future is in edutainment. Edutainment, like a mix of education and entertainment. People People go on social media to learn, and but I would say the number one reason people go on social media is, well, of course, to interact with people that they know and love and follow, but just to be entertained, to be entertained. And I think that we're going to see more. This is, this is my own prediction. Uh, I think that we're going to see more print-on-demand sellers step into the light and become the face of their brand. The ring light. Step into the ring light. Step into the ring light, the ring light, and become the face of their brand and 
start creating content and become like a like almost like a not not quite a personal brand but they're going to become the face of their brand and that they're going to become a content creator that puts out a ton of content and guys like it's never been easier i know it can seem intimidating i remember this was january i think it was exactly 2 years ago january of 2022 uh I was very camera shy. I was not comfortable in front of the camera. And I remember I was having a Zoom call with my family and we went around and we were doing our New Year's resolutions. Everyone was sharing the New Year's resolutions because I always love to do that with my family to kind of see where, where everyone's at. Um, but it also like gives you accountability. Like I love to share mine because it makes me feel more accountable to accomplishing it. But anyhow, I said that I was going to step into the light and I was like, man, I'm so scared of being in front of the camera. I'm awkward. I'm uncomfortable in front of the camera. And I just, dude, it was just like, I went, I did a TikTok challenge on my own, 30 TikToks in 30 days. And as I did, as I got in front of the camera more, I got more comfortable and I got less awkward, I think. And um, I started noticing my social media accounts growing, especially TikTok. And it was just a process of like feeling the fear and doing it anyway, man. Mm-hmm. The the easiest way that there, are, you know, the path that you need to take is through. You don't want to go around this. There is a massive opportunity for print on demand sellers to make a ton of sales if they can put out a lot of content. And it also means that they don't not need to rely on other influencers and other content creators. Like think about how more how much more motivated you are as the CEO to make sales and to try to make, you know, make this a, a legitimate side hustle or a full-time income for you. You're more motivated than anybody. So you should be the one putting yourself out there and you don't have to, all right? I'm not forcing anyone to, I don't want anyone to get, you know, super uncomfortable, but like, if you've been on the fence about it, do it. Just freaking do it. Like put yourself out there. The more you do it, the better you'll get. And I believe that there's a massive opportunity here. All you need is a phone. All you need is a smartphone and you can be creating content. You could literally pull out your phone right now and create content. There are, this is a huge opportunity. And so I think we are gonna see more sellers go this direction. And I've seen a lot of sellers on Instagram and TikTok that have been super successful as the face of their brand and as the primary content creator. Um, so yeah, I, that's, that's what I believe is going to happen in 2024. Carrie, your thoughts. Have you heard of the app? What not? I have not. You have not heard of what not? Oh, wow. I have not heard of what not. Okay. So, uh, for anybody listening has not heard of what not, it feeds right into this point. Uh, I was listening to a podcast, um, that was that uh, my favorite podcast, my first million. And uh, they were talking about this company, whatnot. Basically, they're like this tech company uh, founded in 2019, and they have just like absolutely exploded. So they were just founded. They just started like in early 2020 or right around there. End of 2023, they're valued at 3.7 billion dollars. And so they, what what it is, whatnot. It's a live selling, uh, it's an e-commerce live selling platform. So you download the app. And you can go on there and basically it's just live streams of people selling products. Hmm. So they're like doing a stream of themselves, but like selling Pokemon cards or like a, you know, shoes and like all this stuff. 
and uh, it's exploded. Like brands are on there and everything. It's like, it's literally just a social media platform designed for e-commerce selling uh, and live selling. So it's it's a huge company now. But anyways, just to feed into your point there, like this company has absolutely exploded because this is the new way to sell. And this also yes. feeds into our last point or our, one of our previous points about social commerce. So that's literally what whatnot is. Like you guys need to go check this out. Even if you just go to their website, whatnot.com, you can see examples of the streams right there. Like this is what social commerce is, but this takes it a step further because instead of just shopping a store, you can actually meet the creator and hear from the, the, the owner. And um, you can see live video of the actual product before you buy it. And then you can just literally buy it right there on the platform. And I know, I think most of the, most of the whatnot streams are like, a lot of them are auctions, you know, so they'll, that you can actually bid on things, but you can also just sell. So it's, it's, but I guess it's both, but if you're doing something that's like a collectible or something like that, a lot of times they you know, you, you kind of be able to do an auction, but it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Um, yeah. And it kind of goes, I definitely agree with you on that point. Sorry. I, I, I get you off there. No, you're good. Um, it kind of goes back to the human connection thing, right? Humans are wired for oh, yeah. connection. Human connection will never be replaced. And you just think about how many creators there are that built million and billion dollar brands off the back of social media being the face of their own yeah. brand. You think about the Demelios, you think about Kylie Jenner, Kim Kardashian, Mr. Beast. These people are massive. And yeah. they're, a lot of their fortune was built off the back of social media and who was the face of their accounts? It was them. And it'll, it'll most likely always be them. Right. And you even look at them, create like, you know, uh, Kylie Jenner has a makeup company. Then Kim Kardashian has Spanx. Mr. Beast has like literally a product for everything. Mr. Beast bars. Um, they, they use Shopify. Like people are monetizing the, the creator economy in a huge, huge way right now. And I think that this is just going to continue to be a trend. And I mean, you know, you said it yourself, what'd you say? 90% of the American, the U S population is on social media. Yo, like people are tired of old school ads. Like no, people just tune that out. Now they want to be entertained. If we Mm -hmm. can do both, if we can entertain them while showing them products that they love, guess what? There's going to be a really good chance that those people are going to buy from us. And the last thing I'll say about this is you already see a lot of personal brands where people comment and be like, oh, I just bought it. I love supporting you. Or every time you come out with something, I feel like I need to support you because they feel like they have a connection with that owner. Like I love supporting small businesses. I really get a big dopamine dump from supporting small businesses. You know what I don't get a dopamine dump from supporting big businesses. I would way rather support a ma and pa local shop. Like I keep changing out the art in the background of my, if you're watching on YouTube, I keep changing out the art. All my pieces of art now that I'm buying, they have to leave, have to be bought locally from a small business. And I think I've got like three over the last like 60 days. And I just want to keep compiling more background art that I bought from ma and pa businesses because it's a cool excuse to support local businesses. So I think that that's just going to continue. And I think it's a massive opportunity for print on demand sellers because a lot of people are too scared to do it. Totally understand. I was too scared too. But you know what? I felt the fear and did it anyway. And I encourage everybody listening to this to do the same. All righty. Shall we jump on to number seven? Let's do it. 
We've got two more. So this one and one more. So number seven is that design quality will continue to improve. Uh, and this is what I mean by that is I, I don't think the days of graphic tees with just words are dead and I don't think they're over, but I do think that consumers are really liking a little bit of artistic detail. Um, especially when you can jump on trends like forest core um, <laughs> and nostalgia, 80s, 90s, pixelated. You know what I mean? Um, I think there's a big opportunity here. And I do think with AI, tools like Midjourney, tools like Kittle, dude, Kittle has so many cool, trendy designs. And literally, you can just change out the words, change some colors, change some graphics on it and use it on your products. It's so freaking easy to use. With tools like this, it's becoming very, very easy to create trendy designs. And back in the olden days, we used to hire freelancers for this. And a lot of people still are hiring freelancers. However, you know, if you're hiring a professional graphic designer or a lot of freelancers, that can be pretty pricey for small business owners. And I want to make the case that like there are a lot of tools out there like i love supporting graphic designers i've hired a ton of graphic designers and freelancers but i i do find myself creating more of my own designs because there are like really simple to use tools for it now and when you're a small business owner and you know you're you're wearing like a hundred hats you need you need simple, like mm -hmm. you need simple products, simple tools, and you need to be able to do things quick. And I think that this is happening right now. And I think that this is going to continue to be the trend. I think design, like designs are going to get more graphical. Um, and it's because it's easier than ever for mm -hmm. small business owners who have zero design experience to create really, really cool trending designs with very little work. Carry your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, dude, with AI, it's like, you don't need to know anything really. You just need to know how to like a little bit of prompting and you can create like designs that look like you hired a graphic designer. Like, it's just mm -hmm. like, it's so, it's so easy. So I, I do agree with you. Like, because before really, I would say before, before AI and then before really tools like Canva or Kittle, you know, were around, like you had to know Photoshop. And so what that meant was if you didn't know Photoshop, you were kind of struggling through it. And it meant that the designs were really bad. Like even I just think about myself early on, you know, I was creating my own designs early on starting my first print on demand company. Didn't know what I was doing in Photoshop, but had to create designs. Like mm -hmm. I had to create them, like, you know? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the designs that I was creating were just like really, really bad because it's, all, it's the best I could do. Right. And so like mm -hmm. no longer do you have to be limited by your ability to be a graphic designer. Like you have so many tools at your disposal. It's not only AI, although I think the AI tools are like the, probably the best tools out there for this, but there's some, there's thousands of templates, as you mentioned, Kittle, Canva, place it, you know, thousands of templates. There's just, you know, so many easy ways and software and different things to, to get really high quality designs. I definitely think design quality will, will continue to get better. Yeah, I totally agree. Sure. All right, let's bring this in final prediction. 
Unless Carrie, you had some more that you were going to add at the end, but no, uh, no more spices. No more spices. All no right, spicy the carry the spicy carry episodes done. Spicy yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Prediction number eight. This one might actually ruffle some feathers, and like I am, like I look at data. I I, I look at data, uh, like you know, uh, and I believe. So this is this is the prediction. More Etsy sellers will start building brands on Shopify. I have personally mic drop, mic drop. Right, right. No, but dude, I personally experienced more Etsy sellers than ever reaching out to me in the last couple of months saying that they want to diversify mm -hmm. off of Etsy. It could be for a number of reasons. Maybe they got their account terminated. None of the people that reached out to me, that was why though. It was actually because they said there's so much competition. It's very saturated. Every time they drop a design, like within no time, there's all these copycats who just steal the design. Um, and so it's, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a marketplace, right? It's a marketplace with a finite base. Like people have to go to Etsy to shop for your product. And so with kind of the limited branding options, with limited access to customer data and a pretty crowded marketplace, it's more difficult to stand out on Etsy to get repeat sales and to build brand loyalty. Like think about it when, when it, it's kind of like when someone sees someone with it, let's see. Let's say so you're walking down the street and you see a cool like dog dad sweatshirt and you ask someone where they got it and they got it on Etsy. What are they going to say? They're going to be like, I got it on Etsy. That doesn't help me. Like if I see it and it's cool, I'm going to be like, cool. I'm going to go on Etsy and type in this slogan or this dog dad sweatshirt and a million listings that look mm -hmm. exactly the same are going to come up. And I'm not going to know which one was the one that they bought it from. And I like by looking at the data, like there are some indicators of this. So Etsy recently cut 11% of its total workforce in, I believe it was December, like a month ago. Uh, and they forecasted uh, that fourth quarter sales, gross merchandise, gross merchandise sales were going to decline by as much as 2% due to a slowdown in consumer spending and in increased competition from competitors like Xi'an and Timu, which are like, oh, I don't know, like they're, they're, they're companies that have a reputation for stealing Dude. designs um, and they're, but they're competing with marketplaces and um, they have these rock bottom prices. Like some of them are selling t-shirts for like five bucks and stuff, which did should you know, never be your competitors. Did you, know the in the last, did you know in the last year, Shopify stock is up 119%? That's pretty wild. Just to count this like as a counter, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like I'm, I'm looking at a mix of two things. I'm looking at what like we're seeing on the ground. Etsy sellers coming to us and say, hey, I want to get on Shopify to build like a legit brand and uh, to diversify away from just being on a, a marketplace because it's very hard to build a unique brand and stand out on a marketplace. Think about like, and I'm not talking about just Amazon. I'm talking about like merch, you know, merch by, uh, sorry, I'm not talking about just Etsy, merch by Amazon. Uh, uh, what's the other red bubble? Like there's a lot of marketplaces out there and it's very, very hard to stand out and create brand loyalty because you're very limited in what you can do to build brand loyalty. And a lot of times when people buy products, 
from those places, they just say they bought it on Amazon or on Redbubble or on Etsy. They're not actually, they don't actually know the, the brand. And I like, I just want to kind of like redeem myself here and, and make it very clear. I love Etsy. Like, I don't think Etsy is, is a bad marketplace. I actually think Etsy's the best marketplace for print-on-demand sellers. I think it is an amazing complimentary sales channel. I still think there is a ton of sales to be made. I think it's a really good place to start selling products to get proof of concept. But at the end of the day, it's a marketplace. And that can make it challenging as a long-term sustainable business model, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm not trying to throw shade on Etsy. I'm just sharing my observations as someone who, you know, on social media, I, I'm throwing I'm shade. Put him out of your misery. <laughs> What's that? Out of misery. I, I'm throwing shade. I'm just no, man. <laughs> like I, I like Etsy. I want them to continue to thrive. Like our goal is to empower print on demand sellers to take action, to unlock freedom in their lives, to create a lucrative side hustle or a full-time business doing this. And whatever strategy works for you, that's awesome. But what I'm seeing is two things. I'm seeing Etsy sales actually decline like overall. I'm seeing Etsy, like Etsy peaked in 2021. And I believe their stock has gone down like 70%, like 70% since 2021 when they peaked. So just and, looking at the looking at the last year, I mentioned Shopify stock is up 119 percent. Mm-hmm. In the last that same year time frame, Etsy is down 40 percent. Just that's good. just in the last year. Now that's like at the peak. It's it, it actually went down way more than that. But um, but yeah, just in the last year, down 40 percent. Shopify's up 119 percent. Yeah, it's not good. And I also just think that people are more price sensitive on Etsy. Like so many sellers are are selling their t-shirts for these like ridiculously low prices where it's like you're barely making any profit. I'm like, what, like it's going to be hard to build a long-term sustainable brand if you're hardly making any profit on your shirts and it's hard to get repeat customers because it's hard to differentiate and build a brand like that people are passionate about enough to keep coming back. Right. And so I love Etsy. I want people to keep using it. I want people as a scaling strategy to use it as a complimentary sales channel, but I always hitched my wagon on the back of Shopify and I still very much take that stance. I think that should be the foundation of your business, the foundation of your brand and Etsy should be used as another sales channel for your brand. And I mean, really, it's the natural evolution when you think about it, right? If I start a brand on a marketplace and I'm seeing a ton of success, naturally, I would want to turn it into a brand. I'll be like, I'm onto something here. People are liking what I'm creating. What if I could create a, a legitimate brand around this, get people excited, collect a bunch of emails, build up my social media following and have access to all that customer data, run ads to my website. Like if you're having success on Etsy, you could very likely be having success on Shopify with social media. And I just think this is a huge missed opportunity for a lot of people. And I want to challenge you, if you're an Etsy seller right now and you're having success, I want to challenge you to build a brand around your shop, around your Etsy shop. 
I mean, brand creation is just more sustainable in the long term. It can become super valuable. You could sell it. Like it's, you, you can't really sell an Etsy shop, but you could absolutely sell a brand that you created on Shopify. Wouldn't you want that? Like, wouldn't you want a valuable asset that you know you can sell at, at any point in time and actually cash out on it if that was what you wanted to do? So I just think brand creation is more sustainable in the long term than marketplaces, even though I love marketplaces and I am going to continue to use them. I encourage other people to continue to use them. But you want to collect all your customer data. You want to build a big customer list. You want to build a loyal social media following of raving fans. You want to remarket to these people. You want to get repeat sales and you want to build brand loyalty. This is going to change the game for you. Drop in the mic. Carry your thoughts. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, not a ton to add. I would just say that if you think about the last year for Etsy, um, there has been they've kind of been at the center of a lot of different issues, controversies. You know, I think especially over the last year, maybe maybe one to two years, uh, the raise the raise in fees I know has really ruffled a lot of feathers with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've just there's just been a lot of discussion in the print on demand not even just the print on demand, but just the Etsy community overall about the fees being raised. And then I would say, I think you kind of nailed it on the head. The One of the biggest things that's kind of plaguing them right now is the, is the uh, copyright and trademark stuff, mm. you know, like, well, and so it's two, I guess it's two things, copyright and trademark, but then also just the theft of other people's designs. So like on one hand, you, when you, you know, you upload your design to Etsy and it's just being stolen, you know, and re reposted all over the place. But on the other hand, Etsy is dealing with these huge companies like Disney that cracked down in 2023. And like, you know, Disney came along in 2023 and just shut everybody down on Etsy. Like you cannot sell Disney stuff on Etsy, you know, you never could. <laughs> well, you, you were never supposed to, but yeah. it's like, they finally shut them down. And I, I mean, I know a ton of Etsy sellers who have been permanently banned this year for that kind of stuff, right? Like they had a Star Wars thing or they had a Mickey Mouse or they had something like that, you know? And so um, they, they've kind of been at the center of this. And I would, one thing, other thing I would say is like one of, that's probably a big reason for the sales decline in Etsy is because so many percentage of their sellers were just selling copyright and trademark stuff. Like, good point, you know? And so it's just a, it's a slippery slope out there on Etsy, but yeah. Regardless, like there's going to be some of that everywhere. So we're not saying we're not, we don't want to single out Etsy. I mean, that stuff is a problem all over the internet. So we're not telling you not to sell. We're telling you to sell. You should sell on Etsy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I've always looked at Etsy as more of a side hustle, more of a complimentary, more of a supplemental type thing. Hey, can I pull in an extra 500 bucks over here on Etsy? It's that kind of thing. Not, it's not a place to build the core of your business on because there's so much risk. And there's so much risk, but you're also handcuffed by the limitations of what you can do on there. So that's all I would add. Yeah. And algorithm changes and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But yeah, you're right. That's actually a really good point. Like there's so much Disney and like knockoffs of like musicians like Taylor Swift and Star Wars, like you say, and and stuff like that. Yeah. And a lot of those brands, a lot of those, they're not brands, I should say shops. A lot of those shops who are super unethical, which is not our listeners, by the way, they would never do that. Um, 
And a lot of those shops were making that. a ton of sales. What's that? No, just, we were like, our listeners would never do that. We have too much integrity. Exactly. Our listeners have integrity. <laughs> We've never preached that. We never will preach that. And uh, I, I don't believe our listeners are those people. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. A lot of like, you look at the sales on those stores that sold Disney and they were making a ton of sales. I don't know why anyone would risk that though. Like, first of all, like that it just is unethical and it shows a lack of integrity. Uh, and I just, it's hard to respect any shop that would do that if they know that they're infringing. Now, to be fair, I think a lot of shop uh, a lot of Etsy shop owners saw it and they saw these brands making a lot of sales by selling Disney. And they were like, well, a whole bunch of people are selling it. So why can't I? And then they get a slap on the wrist or they get their store terminated and they really quickly learned that, that it was never okay. But you're right. I, 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 a lot of the stores making sales were the ones that were infringing. So maybe that is a big reason, but yeah, I, like I, I love Etsy. I think it's the best marketplace, but I do think that more and more Etsy sellers that are, especially the ones seeing success, the ones that are like, okay, there's a lot of success here, but like I could get my account terminated for no reason tomorrow. And that is very risky. There's algorithm changes, you know, lots of things happening, lots of reasons for them to go and build a brand. Like if you've found something, if you've, if you've tapped into something and you're meeting a demand, build a brand, like take the next step. This is the natural evolution. Build a brand, build a valuable asset that you can take pride in, that you can have control over and that you can grow, that you can grow without relying on an algorithm or a marketplace that has the ability to terminate your account. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Whew. Carrie, man, that was a uh, that was a lot. We did it. We we did it. We got twenty five. Yeah, we didn't know if we were gonna have to break this up into two. We really didn't want to. So I'm really glad that we were to get able to get through all of these. But um, this was fun, man. This was really fun. Was uh, I'm, just before we go, I'm very curious to know if you have like a word of the year for 2024. Like, is there a theme for 2024 for you? Because I've got one and I like now I'm like really, really driven by it. And I want to know, like, if you've got one, you don't have to have one, by the way. I no, know. I, yeah, I was trying to think. I mean, I really don't. I really don't have like there's not one, there's not one that comes to mind. Uh, we could do a whole nother episode because I have I'm just in an interesting place. Uh, with everything here at the beginning of 2024, I'm ex I'm very excited for 2024, but uh, don't I don't have a a, a word a word for 2024. Fair enough. You, share yours. Go ahead. So my word for 2024 is impact. Nice. That's my word for 2024. Like I I realized in 2023 that nothing lights me up like having an impact and changing lives. And there's a really cool quote that says like. Um, what did it say? Like goal to make an income while making an impact. And I just feel like personally, like there is no better gratification than hearing like that you're changing lives and having an impact on people's livelihoods. Like, mm -hmm. dude, that expands so far. And the more people you can reach and the more lives you can transform, 
everybody's winning. And I absolutely want to double down on that in 2024. So that looks like creating more content on social media, like upping my volume on like Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, keeping this podcast going and just keep bringing value to our incredible listeners. I'm launching T-Shirt Legends Academy publicly this month in the month of January 2024, which I'm freaking fired up about. And just, I don't know, man, like, I feel like this is a year that I really want to elevate my impact. Um, and I've always respected you for this. I've, I, I think that you, I mean, we both know that you have impacted a lot of lives. And personally, I don't like to take credit for my students' success because they were the ones that did the work. Like we're the guide and they're the hero of their own story. We are, you know, we are the, uh, I'm trying to think of a Star Wars reference where like they're the Luke Skywalker and we're that wise little green gremlin. What's his name? Uh, Yoda. Yeah. Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. We're like Yoda and they're Luke Skywalker. Like everyone has to be the hero of their own story. It's Mm -hmm. their story and they deserve full kudos and credits for taking the action and doing the things that they did to have success. We are just the guide and it makes me so proud, but it makes me so proud when people come and say, hey, like this business has transformed my life. Thank you. And I know that you've done that with so many people. Like I've always respected you for that. You've changed a lot of lives. Um, You have had a lot of impact. And so 2024, man, I'm I'm leaning in to impact. That is my goal. I appreciate that, man. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I, yeah, used man, to have, like, I used to have impact on my wall in my old old office. Nice. Big word on the wall or whatever. So it's definitely important to me for sure. It's a big driver. It's a big driver. Well, with that, let's wrap up this episode. That was a ton of fun. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. You guys are awesome. Let's go have our best year ever. Um, go out there and take action, guys. Go out there, take massive action, transform your lives, and we're going to be here to support you every step of the way. Let's get it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us an honest review on whatever platform you are listening from. Thanks and have a great day.